Hello and welcome. This is Connie Reagan Green from HugeProfitsTinyList.com with another guest call in my podcast series. Today, I have Dr. Jeanette Cates with me. Welcome, Jeanette. Well, thank you, Connie. I'm thrilled to be here. Yes, it's so wonderful to have you here. And I want everyone to know that you really were my first mentor when it came to Internet marketing. You've been a role model to me. You've been my friend. And I appreciate that so very much. I definitely would not have the business that I have today if it hadn't been for your serious influence. Well, thank you, Connie. I, I'm really proud of everything that you've achieved. I just sit in awe and watch as you invent one new thing after another. <laughs> and, of course, this podcast series is the newest in the list of Connie inventions. So congratulations on this, too. Well, and also, I, I think it's just amazing that you're able to keep a straight face and tell me how wonderful it is when I create something, knowing that you probably created something pretty similar in a few years back. <laughs> Well, I, I think that's one of the things. I heard the uh, CEO of Cisco the other night on an interview, and he was talking about reinvention and the fact that companies and individuals need to reinvent themselves every three to five years. And I realized in the 15 years that I've been online, I, sure enough, I've reinvented myself several different times. So that's one of the ongoing challenges, I think, in today's world of business, whether you're online or offline, and that is we're constantly having to reinvent that's true, and I, you know, for me, this is my sixth year online now. It's hard to believe, and I found myself during this past year really reinventing the way that I was doing the business and and what I wanted to do. So, so that is true. But tell us more about your background. How did you get started, just with technology in general? Take us back. Well, way back in the olden days, I went back to school to get my master's. And I was doing it in adult ed, and one of the things they said is, if you're going to teach adults, you want to be an adult learner. And part of that is learning something you've always wanted to learn. Now, I had been teaching in the classroom with adults for about five years, and I had always wanted to know how to use the overhead projector, which sounds a little strange, I know, (laughs) but I was pretty shy about trying that, so I never had learned how to do that. But the University of Texas had this wonderful little 45-minute class that showed me how to create the transparencies that went on the overhead projector. So I took that class, and then I noticed that they had about 35 other topics, one of which was computers in the classroom. Now, you understand this was 1980. They had one of two Apple II Plus computers on the University of Texas campus, We were allowed to watch a movie from Apple telling us all about computers in the classroom, and we actually got to sit down and use that Apple II Plus computer. I fell in love with it that day. I went out and bought one, paid an absolute fortune because I wanted to create educational software. And the rest, as they say, is history. I've been doing it now ever since 1980 and just positively continue to love it to this day. Well, what a fantastic story. And now you've worked for various places in the corporate world, so share some of that with us related to this. Well, I had a chance to do a lot of consulting work with uh, various companies, so I have worked with companies that are no longer in business, as well as, for example, Apple. I worked with Apple and part of their uh, partnership program and did presentations on behalf of Apple for about four years, traveling all over the country and actually traveling across the world. I did. Uh, I launched the Apple Learning Interchange, 
which uh, now is still in existence and used on a daily basis by thousands of teachers across the world. We did that over a 18-month period. I had 15 virtual workers in order to create that and then went to various classrooms across the nation and into Europe in order to help implement that. I helped create another online university for Classroom Connect and for the Higher Education Institute and uh, have had a lot of opportunities along the way to do a lot of very exciting things. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, every time that I talk to you, I hear another piece of your story. This continues to amaze me. And now your your Ph.D. is from University of Texas at Austin. And right. And what is it in? It's in instructional technology on how we use technology in education. So in, in instructional design and technology, essentially we are the people. Um, go through and take you as an expert, pick apart your brain, figure out what you do and how you do it, and then turn around and create an educational system that would teach somebody else to do what you do. Okay. All right. Amazing. Well, now, how did the transition come where all of a sudden you're doing things on the Internet? You've left the corporate world and you're doing things in a big way on the Internet. When did that happen, and how did it come about? Well, it really came about kind of gradually. I took my first email learning course in 1983 as we were experimenting with things. Along the way, I created a bulletin board system for the college, and then I did a lot of online learning with our local community college. And then in '93, I went to work for an Apple retailer, and that's where we began to do a lot of consulting nationwide, so I spent about four years with them, and the last year is when the Internet really kind of came of age, and we were still at that point, we were just beginning to create web pages, so I created my first web page in 96. Prior to that time, we were still using IP addresses to talk about the Internet, so we would say, well, have you been over to 192.43.55.146? They've got a great (laughs) website over there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I remember some fairly early days. So by 96, we had uh, already gotten a – Adobe had a program, Page Mill, that would allow you to create web pages in a WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get environment. And then the following year, they wanted me to renew my contract with that company. And I said, you know, I don't want to sign this non-compete clause that's going to put me out of business if I ever leave you. So I'm just going to go ahead and leave now. And so I created Tech Tamers and started teaching teachers how to create web pages for their schools. So I traveled around with a lab full of five Macs and five PC laptops in 1996 and my own server because, of course, there was not Internet access in very many places at that point. So I had a server that I would take in that essentially was an Internet service, and we could create web pages and upload them to that server so it simulated everything they'd be able to do when they got back to their school. And I traveled around teaching teachers how to do web pages. So I continued in the educational technology area until about 2000, at which time I kind of left education behind and came back into the small business world. And I've been here ever since. Okay, because as you were talking, I was picturing you know, my own career as a teacher and what was going on at that time. I know the school that I worked at um, around the year 2000 uh, we always referred to it as the school that looked like the bombing of Beirut. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what it looked like because they spent 18 months putting in whatever it was, fiber optics, whatever they needed to do 
to make the school have the internet. And once it was all completed, the the destruction from the bombing was over. It was loud. It was messy. It was horrible. But they did it. And then just about every teacher there didn't want to be involved in it. And they thought I was a real weirdo because I did. And I thought, boy, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of the first clues you're in the wrong spot. <laughs> yes, yes. If if something really cool is happening and you're the only one that sees it as something cool, then you have to, you know, run, run. And that's that's exactly what I did when I left the last company was um, they wanted to go a different direction and kind of keep doing what they were doing. And I said, but this is the way that everything's going. This is all going online. So um, we had a slight parting of the ways, but I'm blessed with their blessings, so it really made it a lot easier transition. Yes, yes, definitely. All right, so then you came online, and um, what did you do? Just like create a course and build a list and and just got rich and famous? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) I I taught my first um, 12-week Internet Marketing Basics course in 2001. So at that point, there weren't very many people who were doing that. Now, 12 weeks is too long a course. I would tell you now that's way too long. But at that time, it was pretty neat and exciting, and not many people were doing that. So I had a lot of students, uh, many of whom were professionals, professional speakers, consultants, authors, who were learning about some of the Internet marketing basics, and we were doing it all via teleseminar. Oh, okay, fantastic. And we're going to talk about teleseminars. Before before we go there, you were with the National Speakers Association, is that right? Yeah, I've been a member now for over 15 years. Okay, all right. So you have experience speaking online, offline, um, everywhere. Yes, and I think that's one of the things. um, Many people do do small talks, and they don't think about taking it to a bigger level. But that's one of the nice things about the Internet now is that it does allow you to take that to a bigger level. So if you've ever stood up at a PTA meeting and given a short presentation or you've ever had to give a report at your office or in the classroom or any place else that you've been, you already have some speaking experience behind you. So now it's just a matter of leveraging that into a bigger arena. Okay, okay. And I've had the pleasure of doing several live events with you over the past few years, and that was um, so Online so and offline. That's right. That's true. That's true. We've done things online and offline. All right. Well, you had mentioned teleseminars, and let's talk a little bit more about that because I say that when you let people hear your voice, it's the next best thing to being there in person and shaking their hand or giving them a hug. Is that how you feel? Well, I do because I think um, a, a voice makes a person real. And particularly if you hear them in kind of a natural environment, I think a lot of times if we're doing a, quote, presentation, it kind of sounds like we're reading from a script. But, for example, you and I are just having a conversation here. And essentially teleseminars are often just a conversation. It's between you and the listeners. Now, it it may be a one-way conversation where you're doing all of the talking, but you're kind of pausing and letting them think along the way. You're you're talking to people and and interacting with them um, in kind of a a different type of manner, but it's absolutely just general conversation. So when they hear your voice and they hear the excitement in your voice, and, I, I mean, can't you just hear my hands moving as I'm making an emphasis on a point? I definitely can, and I know from, you know, being on so many people's email lists that if it's someone that I've heard speak, 
I when I read that email, I can hear them. So when I read your emails, you just had sent an email, you made a big change to your main blog, JeanetteCates.com, and um, and when I you know when I'm reading that, I'm hearing your voice, and I think that makes all the difference in the world. It makes you three dimensional instead of just flat as as most of those emails are because I don't never hear those people. Well, and I think that's one of the things that you've used particularly well throughout your business is you started with teleseminars fairly early, and therefore people did hear your voice and you became a person to them rather than writing on a page. Well, I started so early that I actually had nothing to say. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't let that stop me. I just kept recording and found something to say. (laughs) Well, and and there are days that we all get on and we don't have a whole lot to say. So. We can totally sympathize there. Well, now, what do you think, though? Do you think people should be doing it, you know, early? The, the way I did it, I just jumped in and started talking. You know, was was that a good approach, or, or should I have had a different strategy? No, I think probably the earlier that you jump on and start doing teleseminars, the better off you're going to be, because not only does it create you as a personality, but it begins to build that confidence muscle. And many of us have been beat down in the work world, in the the education world. We've been told there are so many things we can't do. You have to wait until you get this credential. You have to wait until you have this experience. And teleseminars are something that we all do naturally. We all talk on the phone to people. So talking on the telephone is a very natural way for us to do interaction with people. And the sooner you actually learn to use that to build your business, whether it's an offline business, an online business, or a combination of the two, the better off you're going to be. Okay, because I never really thought of, of it in those terms the way you're describing it now. But I think that's that's so true. And just the fact that you know we can have a voice and, and share our knowledge on whatever topic is is so, so special. Well, and if you think about it, uh, what we're doing right here is exactly uh, what we do on an everyday basis. We have a conversation with somebody that we enjoy their company, we enjoy their ideas and listening to them and exchanging ideas and talking about a topic, and if we're in a room full of other people, they're listening in on that conversation. So an interview is a great way for people to get started because it's a very natural interaction. So even if it's a matter of you and somebody else that you met at a local networking meeting getting together and talking about it, record that and turn that into some sort of an audio that you can share with other people. Yeah, it's true because, you know, like what we're doing right here, uh, it's not my intention to turn this into a product but because uh, people have asked me and I've said, no, that's not my intention, but this certainly could be some type of, of a product and you know, one of the best things I find, because, you know, we like to work from home, and I'll just speak for myself, I don't get dressed up. You know, today I've written three articles. I've been to the gym. I've met with my nutritionist. I've eaten a healthy lunch after meeting with the nutritionist. You have to. Um, let me see. What else? Um, I had a, a coaching call with a student, and now here we are, you know, doing doing this podcast in the middle of the afternoon. So we didn't have to, we set a time to do it, so we did make an appointment. But, you know, as far as on my end, I didn't have to dress up and put on my lipstick and my, my good shoes. Well, I did put shoes on because for some reason I seem to feel better if I actually have shoes on when I'm talking. Well, I have, well no, I don't have shoes. I was going to say I have shoes, but no, I don't have any shoes on. See, so it's just a matter of where your comfort level is. 
It is. It is. It's just personal taste. Well, I know a lot of people, though, I, I hear them get started with the teleseminars, and sometimes I'm invited you know, to, to either hear it or to be a guest or something. And you can tell from the time that you get on the call with them that they really didn't do the preparation. They didn't have the training. So talk about what you do in that regard and why it's so important for people to have actual some training with this. Well, I think it's a matter of going from amateur to professional. And it, you see that in every field, and that's, you know, as we're looking at instructional design, for example, one of the things that we are always showing is what's the difference between doing something at an amateur level and how do you train somebody to do it at an expert level. So that's why I put together a program called Teleseminar Basics. And I did the original program um, many years ago, but I've updated it as the technology has changed, as new ideas have come along. I've continued to update that program. And one of the things that I talk about in there is the need to go through and do a little bit of pre-preparation, particularly if you're going to do it on the professional level. Now, it's great to do some informal things, um, and that's a great way to get some practice and some, some skills under your belt. So if you want to do like a, a weekly call with people who are in a group of uh, people that you are coaching or mentoring in a particular topic, that would be a great way to get started. But when it comes down to actually being able to deliver content on a teleseminar, you need to do a little bit more planning. So one of the most important things you always want to know is who are you talking to? You typically have a target market or a group of people that you already know that you're going to be talking to. So keep them in mind when you're talking. So I, I think that's one of the most important factors is to keep in mind who you're talking to. You're not just talking to thin air. Another thing that happens, and speaking of thin air, um, when you are doing a teleseminar and you're doing it by yourself and you mute the line so that you can't hear anybody else's background noise and dogs barking and toilets flushing and all the other things that go on during teleseminars, when you mute that line, it's dead air. So you're talking as if the phone were dead. It doesn't sound like there's anybody there. And I remember this great story where I had this professional speaker, and I'd been working with him to do teleseminars. And the first time he did a teleseminar, and he heard that dead air, and he told a joke, and nobody laughed because you can't hear anybody with the feedback. All of a sudden, he said he he unmutes the line. Of course, all the background noise comes on. He says, "Is anybody there? Hello, hello, is anybody there?" <laughs> so he mutes it again. He goes back and he delivers his next funny line, where he's waiting kind of the laughter feedback to come, and he just couldn't stand it. He unmutes the line and says, "Anybody there? Would you think about that?" <laughs> <laughs> there are some a little technical things like that that you have to get used to as you're going so that you are comfortable with the technology and how you're going to deliver this stuff. So the planning aspect of it and practice is so critical as you're doing this. Oh, that's that's a great story. Luckily for me, I'm amused myself quite easily. I'm an only <laughs> child, and I, I think I'm just hilarious. So. You're not waiting for anybody else to laugh, huh? No, no, I just go ahead and, and laugh on my own. No, but it's so true. It seems like just a small amount of training. And I know, you know, on your site, I, I was just looking at it earlier. Let me see if I can pull it back up here. Um, you say, give, give me 90 minutes, and I'll have you hosting your first teleseminar and creating outrageously profitable products with lightning-like speed with a system you can crank up at any time you want to make more cash. And that really tells the whole story. That's exactly what we're able to do. Absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I know with me, 
uh, I, your training, I went through your training. After I had gone through some pretty expensive training, I went through your training, and I thought, boy, if I could have just had this one first, this is actually <laughs> what I needed to know. <laughs> Why did I get so caught up in the other one? And, you know, I think there are so many reasons we get caught up in things. But yours really just gives the information we need so we can start doing it kind of, you know, tomorrow afternoon, <laughs> which is what all of us want. We want something this fast. Well, and I think nowadays most of us don't have a lot of time for a multiple-week program in order to get us started on something. We want to get started the very first week that we're doing something. Yes. So even if you're doing a four-week course on something, you still want to be able to do something that very first week. You don't want to wait until the end of the course to do something. So the the time program, if you will, for people nowadays has gotten a whole lot shorter. People want faster results. So one of the things that you want to think about when you're delivering teleseminars is give them something right away that they can do, something that they're going to take notes on, something they're going to be able to turn around and do at the end of that call so that they feel like they got some results out of that time that they spent with you. Yes, that that makes a lot of sense. So what we want people to do that are listening to this is to immediately go to Teleseminar Basics and get signed up so you can you can do it. Because it's a self-study. You can do this in your own time, which is so, so important. I think people like the social aspect of a live class, but for business purposes, you want to get that information and go through it at your convenience when it works into your schedule. Well, and I think one of the things, you know, one of the biggest questions that I always get is, well, shouldn't I be doing webinars? Well, yes, you should be doing webinars, but I always suggest that people start with teleseminars. Webinars have a lot more technology involved. There's a lot more complexity. There's complexity on the end of the watcher on a webinar, and that's why I almost always will tell somebody they need to start with teleseminars first. Get that experience factor. Learn how to market, for example, your teleseminar. How do you get people to listen to you on a teleseminar? How do you create a course out of a teleseminar? All of those are things that you need to be able to do. Once you've mastered that technology, then you may want to go on and do webinars. But there's no point in adding that extra level of complexity if you're not really there yet. And all of us talk on the phone, all of us can pull off a very simple teleseminar with a simple recording device. It's not hard. It's like click the button, record, and that's pretty much all there is to it. And then you've essentially created a product at the same time that you're doing your teleseminar. Yes, and, you know, Jeanette, you know that I did for the first uh, year and a half that I was – well, I started at about the six-month point. And then for the next year and a half, I did a call every single week. And what I used to do, and those were a free call, and I would let people have the replay until I scheduled the next one. And what I started doing then is at the end of the year, I did this twice, I packaged up, I, call it, I called it the best of Connie's Teleseminars, and I sold those packages for $97. I had already done the calls. I had already made money promoting my own products and affiliate products on the calls each week. And then I was able to make thousands of dollars more by selling them as a package. People wanted that convenience of having just one page to go in and download them from. Well, and see, that's the perfect model, I think. I think, And you were one of the first people I heard of who did it that way. So it was really interesting to me to hear it from a long-term perspective, having done teleseminars for a long time. You were one of the first persons I knew who had packaged them that way and did the best of. 
So it was a brilliant marketing strategy on your part, and it's something that has paid off, and I've seen other people imitate that since then. Dr. Jeanette Cates just said, I did something first. How cool is that? (laughs) Well, Jeanette, this this is wonderful information. What are you doing now? You have some... Some, uh, an upgraded uh, blog, you've made some changes with your site. I know you're going through reinvention, as all of us have to do. Do you have anything that's new on the horizon that you could share with us? Well, my latest course is Design Your Online Course, and that really talks about how do you put together information into a course-like structure and then deliver that to a group of people. So I've been real excited about that one. And then, of course, the logical follow-up to that one was, well, how do I do online presentations with PowerPoint and stuff like that? So that's the next one that's coming up next is going to be online presentation secrets. So um, all of those things are things that I love doing myself. I'm kind of a, a serial product creator. Other people are serial entrepreneurs. I'm just a serial product creator. So I'm always looking for the what's the next product and then what's the logic, next logical project, product, I think, is really what you want to think about. After I did teleseminar basics, the logical thing to do was how do you then sell your teleseminars? How do you go ahead and then move from teleseminars into webinars? How do you sell your webinars? How do you structure those? How do you do now an online course from those? So each thing kind of one flows to the next. And I suggest that people get started with the teleseminars, but they're going to be flowing for quite a while after that. Okay, I think that's that's very solid, solid advice, of course. So, Jeanette, it's been a thrill and a pleasure to have you here. And I want everyone to dash over to JeanetteCates.com to sign up on Jeanette's list and get started because we have determined that there are a few people left on the planet that are not with Jeanette yet. <laughs> Only a few as <laughs> she's been doing things for, for so long. And I just want to share one one last story. I know when I... When I first met you, it was the day after uh, Armin Morin's big seminar in April of 2008. So I, I'm going to date this by saying that was five, four years, four years ago. I almost gave it an extra year. Four years ago, and I saw you in the front of the room. You were at a small table, and it looked like you were going to give a presentation, which you were. And I looked, and I thought, boy, that sure looks like Jeanette Cates, because you were just a legend. I had heard of you. But I never had connected with you like that. And I went up and I asked if that was you. And you laughed and said yes. And I said, I want to be just like you when I grow up. So (laughs) I know you remember that. That was so special for me. And I've yet to grow up. But, I, you know, at least I'm learning so many things from you still. Oh, Connie, you are just a joy. Thank you so much. I I treasure your friendship, and I just take so much pride in everything that you've done because I do feel a little bit of uh, credit there. So I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, because you have known me from the very beginning when I did the goofiest, goofiest things, and you were so kind in how you guided me away from goofiness and into <laughs> a brighter light that would really change my life forever and ever. So Thank you so much. All right, this is Connie Reagan Green. Be sure to get all of the uh, interviews in the series at ConnieReaganGreenPodcast.com or go over to my site at Huge Profits Tiny List where you can see where you can click on the link. So thanks so much for joining us. Thanks again, Jeanette. Bye-bye. <laughs>